Hello and welcome to Holistic Health Chats, a podcast where we chat about all things holistic women's health and everything in between. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, a women's health nutritionist with a focus on helping women to heal holistically and live pain and symptom free. I'm so happy that you've made your way here. Tune in every week so we can listen, learn and be inspired together. In this week's episode of Holistic Health Chats, I am speaking with Emma Morris, clinical nutritionist, co-founder and director of Maya Mothers Collective, a multimodal women's health clinic in Brisbane specializing in preconception, pregnancy and postpartum. With degree qualifications in both psychology and nutrition, Emma has a special interest in women's mental health during the postnatal period and has a large clinical focus on helping her clients be proactive about their health during the childbearing season of their lives. In this episode, Emma and I discuss postpartum depletion, what it is, how to recognize the signs, how to optimize your postpartum outcomes, no matter where you are in your postpartum journey. If you are currently in the pre or postnatal season of your life, this is an episode you won't want to miss. Before we get into this week's episode, if you are currently wanting to get personalized advice to support you with your nutrition and hormones, the best place to start is booking in a complimentary consultation. In this 15-minute consultation, we will discuss your current health goals or challenges, what you can expect from consultations with me, the likely timeframe to expect in achieving those goals together, and we will, of course, have time to cover any questions that you may have. If you're happy to go ahead at the end of the complimentary consultation, we will find a time together for your initial consultation, but equally, if you need a little time to think about it, that's perfectly okay and there is absolutely no pressure put on you. In order to book in a complimentary consultation, all you need to do is head to selendouglas.com slash links. And if you navigate to the bottom of that page, you will find the book section. Alternatively, you can also find a direct link for my booking calendar in the show notes of this podcast that you are listening to right now. I hope to meet you soon. Hi, Emma, and welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you today. Before we get into today's topic, which is all around postpartum depletion, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about your amazing business. I would love to. So I'm Emma. I am a clinical nutritionist and I well, I have a husband at home and I have a little girl, LP, who is, she's just turned one. So our life is very full at home, but um, yeah, I have a business which I only started about six months ago called Maya Mothers Collective, and it is a, um, a multimodal women's health clinic located in Brisbane, but we do offer telehealth and we, yeah, essentially I established it about six months postpartum, which was wild. Um, <laughs> and 
yeah, it came about really in a bit of a crazy way, but I went through my own pregnancy and kind of thought I might be, I always wanted to work in, you know, um, preconception, pregnancy and postpartum nutrition, but I just wanted to kind of be pregnant myself and go through that whole thing myself. And I knew that I, I had to do that to be then sitting opposite a woman who, you know, who had been going through all that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, and then it all just, I just kind of realised how as we as we went through my postpartum stage and I, I had a really good um, postpartum actually, and but I saw around me there was lots of women who were really struggling and the support was just not there for, for women postpartum. It was all, you know, it's all about the baby and in pregnancy you have so many appointments mainly about, the you know, for the baby's health and that's all well and good. But, you know, postpartum you give birth to the baby and then you have one appointment postpartum at that six-week checkup, if that. So, like, some women don't even have that. And I just saw lots of women around me struggling, um, but not even just initially postpartum, even, you know, 6, 12, 18 months, 24 months, you know, after they give birth as well. And so I think from there, I just really had a moment of clarity, should I say. And I was like, I need to open a clinic for mothers. And that is a primary goal of supporting women and women and mothers in that preconception pregnancy and postpartum stage. So it's all of those stages. We, we do help women in general as well, like even if they're not in that phase of their life, but it really is to support the woman, we like to say, in, in that season of child rearing because it is a season. Um, for some women, it's a short season. For some, it's a long one, but there really isn't sufficient support out there. And we offer not only nutrition, obviously, but we offer naturopathy, uh, counseling, acupuncture. We offer um, midwifery. Which yeah, we- I saw that. It's amazing. Yeah. And also homeopathy as well and massage. So yeah, we offer a fair few things um, all for women. So yeah, absolutely stoked to be, yeah, to be living my dream at the moment. Yeah, that's amazing. It's such a incredible business that you've created and just wild. I think that, yeah, you've managed to create that in your six month postpartum period as well. And probably a testament to how well you were taking care of yourself uh, during that period and perhaps before as well to set yourself up to be able to um, embark on that at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that I was feeling so well. You know, people go, how did you do it? And my business partner, Mon, um, was also, she was about seven months postpartum. So we're only, you know, a month or so apart. And she was able to as well because of the fact that we, yeah, we were so well set up. But that started well before even pregnancy for me. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll delve into that today. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to start out with a bit of a definition about like what the postpartum period really is, because like you touched on that we often think about like that six week checkup, but hopefully people can appreciate it's actually much longer than that. So like how, what's the timeline involved in the postpartum period? Well, I am very fond of saying that postpartum is forever uh, because it absolutely is. And I think that is not accepted widely or recognised in today's society, well, at least in Australia, because we do, you know, generally see it as a six-week period. And then as soon as that six weeks has been and gone and we go to the doctor and they say, um, yeah, you're all good, you know, uh, is your, if you've had a C-section, is your scar okay? If you've had a vaginal birth, is that all healing up okay? You know, yep, 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 cool. You are right to basically get back to who you were. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's so backwards because postpartum and getting back to who we are, I just think we don't want to go back there anyway because we're never going to be that same woman for a very good reason. Our body and our brain has gone through significant change in pregnancy and, you know, during that labour and birthing process. So we don't want to go back to that woman. We are a new woman and we need to embrace that new woman. But in terms of a, of a timeline, you know, that six-week one is, I guess, a really common one. I, as I said, I, I look at the postpartum period more as, as forever, but, you know, more ranging from that three to 12-month period, to be honest, as that real, you know, that real period of change and when the body is still in a fair, fairly big state of flux. But, I mean, even with that, uh, for some women it's two years that they need to really be re- rebuilding. And, so, yeah, it, it does really depend. There's no real hard and fast definition that I do use, but I, I, I definitely lean on the side of saying that postpartum is, yeah, it's forever. It's It does take a long time to recover. And just because we might, I don't know, physically look like... Tick a box. <laughs> ...or whatnot, like it doesn't mean that our nutrient stores are replete or, you know, or that we are, yeah, that we are 100% back to who we who we were before, which, as I said, it, that shouldn't even be a goal. We should yep. be moving forward to a new version of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it can be even, I mean, obviously, like you said, it can be longer than that, but depending, of course, I think a big factor would be if you are breastfeeding as well and how long you're breastfeeding for because of the nutrient stores that that's actually sort of requiring from you as well from a nutrient perspective yeah absolutely and i mean if you if you breastfeed for two years Mm. you've got your nutrient requirements are higher than when you are in your third trimester of pregnancy and that's more so when you're exclusively breastfeeding and as obviously your baby grows and they um they start solids you do breastfeed less but even breastfeeding, some women breastfeed for two years and then fall pregnant really, really quickly again. And, you know, their body is still, it's in this stage of giving, 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 right? So they're giving so many, they're literally giving their life force to their baby. And there are nutrients that come with that, that are very, very highly transferred and therefore nutrients that we need to really focus on repleting and keeping up as much as possible because they have a huge impact on how the mum the mother will feel and then also how her hormones will rebalance and then if she does want a further pregnancy how that might eventuate too yeah of course so i guess just another bit of a definition around like postpartum depletion like what are the signs and symptoms that that might be occurring or that you might be experiencing that yeah so it is different to postpartum depression, which I guess depletion, depression, they they seem very similar. And I mean, don't get me wrong, they are they they can be similar, but not they don't necessarily have to, you don't have to be depressed to be depleted. So essentially it is just this kind of syndrome or the this group of symptoms where you, you know, your nutrient stores really do take a dip in the process of growing a baby and then birthing that baby and feeding that baby. And for a lot of women, it just means that they have not brought, got those nutrients back up to replete levels. And so in terms of what that looks like from a symptom picture point of view, it can look like mental health issues. It can look like, it can look like depression for sure. It can look like anxiety. They're, they're two big ones. And it can look like, you know, alternating between those as well. You can have both of those going on. That feeling of being very highly strung and on all the time, you know, quite high cortisol levels. Um, but some women might have, you know, really um, flatlining cortisol levels. 
It might look like inability to sleep properly or wanting to sleep too much. It can look like feeling, yeah, a lot of mental health, like not feeling good enough, not feeling not feeling yourself. It can look like it can present as, um, as thyroid pathology as well. So the thyroid definitely goes into a bit of a state of flux for the first 12 months postpartum. Um, it can look like fatigue and that is, fatigue is a huge one. So just that feeling of unrelenting fatigue that it does not go away just by having a night's sleep, which let's be honest, you probably aren't getting a full night's sleep if you've got a baby um, of any age <laughs> because, you know, they don't always sleep through the night as we're commonly promised. So yeah, feeling, yeah, feeling just rattled, feeling super low, you know, quite defeated sometimes um, and just, yeah, not feeling, not feeling yourself. They're all like the, the big ones, I guess, just feel those feelings of fatigue and, and low and anxious and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I suppose with a lot of those symptoms, like very, very easy to pass a lot of that off as just being a normal part of having a new baby. Right. And, and I imagine, I mean, I see this a lot with my clients, even to be honest, the ones that don't have a young child that go to their GP and perhaps ask for blood tests and their GP just says, oh, that, you know, that's just life like that, you know, there's nothing wrong with you or there's nothing here to test. Do yeah. you come across that a lot? Yes. I do actually. It's funny you say that. I just recently finished up a um, an online course more on the other side of things as a trimester zero. Um, and we actually spoke about just looking at blood testing and asking more from a proactive point of view, getting blood tests done. And it is really hard. Let me just put it out there. It is, it is really hard um, to even get those blood tests done. But then from the other end, there are so many women that and again, I see this every day as you do, but then also even, even in our mother's groups that we run, I talk about nutrition and we, I, you know, say show of hands who's had blood, blood testing done postpartum um, and, you know, not even half probably have had it done and they didn't even know, like they've gone to the GP, but the GP hasn't actually gone and, and ordered those blood tests um, for them or if they have, they've been very, very basic. So I guess you know, the education isn't there around the importance, I, I think, of doing those blood tests postpartum and actually figuring out where your levels lie. And hands down, and you would be the same, if a mother comes to me at any stage in her postpartum journey, even if it's six weeks or six months or, you know, a couple of years, and we do blood tests, there are hands down going to be some deficiencies oh, there. Of course, yeah. And the thing is, like, they're, they're in my eyes, they're a bit of an easy fix, right, because we we get onto the food-based side of things, we get onto the supplements if necessary, and, you know, it can take a little bit of time, but they can definitely be built up. And what makes me really sad sometimes is a mother who goes to a um, her healthcare provider because she's feeling really down or she's feeling really foggy. Brain fog is another big symptom and or you know feeling these symptoms which all come under the umbrella of postpartum depletion but the uh, healthcare provider might say well you are yeah you're just normal or you're just suffering from postnatal depression here's an antidepressant and the thing is whilst i'm not opposed to taking antidepressants i've been on them myself before it's it's not that it's just we need to find the right solution for the right problem and it's it, if, you know, these symptoms are presenting because of multiple nutrient deficiencies and potentially, let's say, for example, a thyroid issue 
So a sluggish hypothyroid you know, condition, which we, we see very, very commonly postpartum, then an antidepressant is not really going to address the root cause. It's just going to do a few things for the brain chemistry, which after some period of time might stop working. And it's not actually going to be supporting the thyroid like it needs to be supported. So it's about, yeah, it's about the education, actually testing, not guessing, finding out the right levels and then, and then retesting and being on top of that. Like I recommend that six, you know, that within that six week period, getting those blood tests done. And then again, every three months for the first one to two years, at least postpartum, because our bodies continue to change. So it's really good to be on top of those. Yeah, for sure. And of course, if we are introducing changes, like whether it's food-based or a combination of food-based and supplementation, we obviously want to know whether that's actually been effective or not. Like we are guided by symptoms in part, but we also want to see that data on paper because there's just no point, you know, throwing your money down the drain on supplements that are not working. If perhaps there's, you know, some digestive issue that's not been identified, that's impacting the uptake or something like that, that needs to be considered. And we just don't have that information unless we're retesting. So that's, yeah, definitely really, really key. And I guess let's talk firstly maybe about like the preventative point of view. So for someone that's either preparing for pregnancy or pregnant at the moment or even in that postpartum period, like what are we looking to do to set ourselves up for the best possible outcomes postpartum? Yeah, well, yeah, it does depend on where you're at, when, where you're at, at the moment as yeah. to what kind of um, strategy you would adopt. But say you are in your pregnancy at the moment um, or even in that preconception phase, then yeah, blood testing is one of the biggest ones that I can suggest. Um, So getting a full suite of blood tests done. um, And then based off those going and, you know, seeking the help of someone to really make sure that you can get those nutrient stores up where they need to be. And not just, you know, on the blood test, not just looking at that pathology reference range on the lab result itself, because we know that that's quite a large, a large reference range. And what you and I use mm. um, is something very much more narrow and what we call like an optimal reference range. So a lot of the time women will get their blood tests done and, you know, their doctor will say, no, that's all fine. You're all good. But they're definitely within the lower end of that reference range or higher end, whatever, whichever uh, may apply. Um, and so it's just firstly getting all of those right. So that's num- step number one and getting on the appropriate supplementation if needed. But step number two is then, you know, optimizing diet and lifestyle as well. So looking at, um, again, going to be really individual. Um, yeah, of course. What, what is going on. Um, but I think r- some real bare basics would be macronutrient balanced meals. So making sure you are eating a really well-balanced plate every time you are eating, no matter, you know, depending on how many times a day that is for you and where you are, uh, you know, at at the moment. But yeah, making sure you've got some protein, some carbohydrates, some fat and some veggies on that plate pretty much every time you eat. And once you can, uh, you know, I teach my clients this all the time. And once I teach it to them, it's a skill that they have forever. Mm pregnant or not, you know, um, and it's a skill they can pass on to their their partners, their family, they can teach their kids because, you know, when you have a baby and when they get into solids, it's the same thing. We want their meals to be macronutrient balanced. So it really sets you up for really good blood sugar control. And that then can set you up for better energy as well. So it all kind of goes back into, yeah, into how you feel across the day. So yeah, well-balanced meals and then 
obviously adequate hydration and all of that kind of thing. And stress is another really big one too. So having some kind of individual you know, stress busting kind of practice that you do. And that's going to be, again, highly individualized to the person, um, whether it might be mindfulness, meditation, some breath work, being out in nature, whatever that might look like for the person. But yeah, having something and it doesn't have to be just a, you know, one big thing that you do a week. I always recommend to my clients having something small they can come back to across the day or, you know, just something they implement across the day that, can be a habit or that they can start to do when they do start to feel themselves a little bit stressy because let's be honest we all are feeling super stressed these days but I think that's they're probably the real kind of key um, foundations would you agree yeah and I think yeah obviously my question was a bit broad there in the timeline but like you said I think in an ideal world you're setting yourself up for postpartum in your preconception period, right? Where you're doing those blood tests and doing quite, I won't rattle them all off because it's quite a long list, but like a comprehensive suite of blood tests. Because otherwise, if you are starting off depleted, you're going to end up like, that's just, you know, it's a given that you're going to end up in that third trimester and in the fourth trimester, quite depleted in a lot of really essential nutrients. And what you touched on about not being necessarily guided by the standard reference ranges is really, really important. I often think about say like iron levels and if those, because quite commonly, if you'll go to your GP and ask for preconception bloods or say you're trying to conceive it's you know very dismal the amount of tests that are actually put on that request unless you're specifically asking with say a letter from someone like you or I I might be folate and iron and you know they test you for STDs basically is the extent of it and say even there's much more to iron studies but let's just talk about ferritin which is your iron stores the reference range for that is so wide like it depends on the lab and where you are in australia but most commonly i see it ranging from about 30 to 200 so let's say you're sitting at that lower end of the reference range which is you know maybe you're sitting at 35 or 40 technically considered normal and probably won't be flagged with you like it might your doctor might say oh it's you know a little bit normal but okay or might not even mention it to you if you go through pregnancy with that iron level and make no other changes to your diet or supplementation you will end up probably needing an infusion or being very depleted by the time you get to that postpartum period and so that's why if you can, if you have that time available, I think it's it's really what you're doing even before you start pregnancy that you're actually setting yourself up for that fourth trimester. Yeah, absolutely. And the example of iron that you mentioned is so, it's so important because it, it is that nutrient, one of those nutrients that really does make a huge difference in how we feel quite quickly as yeah. well. And as we know, you know, pregnancy is a physiologically iron like deficient state just the way that's the way it it works and if you go into pregnancy which yet as so many women do unknowingly or Mm -hmm. they they, they think they're doing the right thing getting these tests done and they are on the lower end of ferritin and the doctor says yeah yeah you're all good um but yeah they do end up you know first trimester will probably be fine but as they hit that second trimester the ferritin starts to take a dive and then it's you know all of a sudden alarm bells oh my god we need to get you having an iron infusion straight away which you know obviously there's risks with that as well although when it's mm. needed it is needed but you know so it's just like you, you you can easily see how this happens and 
And the, the opposite to that is if, yeah, that, as you say, they do get into that really anemic state and there isn't an infusion or there isn't adequate iron supplementation or the right supplementation that happens and they do stay at that low level, I often will see. Oh, there's um, blood loss during birth even. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So that third trimester, you hit the third trimester, um, your iron's you know, on the ground, they give you a crappy iron supplement to take ferrograd c <laughs> do anything for you in fact it makes things worse because it makes you constipated and feeling nauseous and the dosage is huge and you're not absorbing it and then you know and the iron yet yeah, doesn't go up and then yeah you, you birth you lose a liter of blood you then go into this postpartum haze where you're sleep deprived and you know you're not potentially reaching for those foods that are building that iron back and all of a sudden you are super tired, super dizzy, super depressed and you think like, oh, my goodness, is this motherhood? Yeah. Right? Mm. And it's like that is so – and then you go to the GP and they go, here's an antidepressant. You're tragic, yeah. That is such a common trajectory Mm. like every single day in clinic. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is crazy. It's definitely just, yeah wild but I think yeah preconception bloods are really key if you have skipped that part and you're already pregnant wherever you are in that stage getting blood tests is an excellent thing to do and working with a practitioner to obviously identify those optimal reference ranges and then food-based and potentially supplemental strategies as well because I do think there's often a misconception that well I'm taking a prenatal so that must be fine as well but I mentioned before on the show if you do have say quite a significant nutrient deficiency the volume of that particular nutrient in the prenatal is just not enough to touch the sides and it's a very small insurance policy but that's about it. Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention like, you know, in our diet these days, there are some nutrients that are really, they're much harder to to get from our diet. So, um, and yeah, it's not going to cut it. So yeah, again, it really does depend. It's a, I always do, I do love a really good prenatal, but that is absolutely not going to cut it um, for most women, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's just one part of the puzzle. And so then it's, yeah, optimizing nutrients based on that individual's own pathology. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess anything else that you're looking at with maybe in the third trimester, second or third trimester that you're helping to get your clients thinking about preparing? Is it like food strategies, that sort of thing that you're helping them with? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we do have, generally, I like to see my clients if it's a non, uh, if the pregnancy is going really well and there's no issues that we've got to specifically work on, I see them usually once every trimester, but then in that later stage, I do see them maybe two to three times. And that is primarily to firstly get over the iron hump that usually yeah. comes at that 28-week mark, mark when that is done and also the fallout of the GTT, but let's not mm. go there. Topic for another day. Um, <laughs> so then there's that and that that's, you know, really early third trimester. And then we do start, once we've kind of dealt with those issues, um, if, if we need to, then we look at, yeah, getting a couple of things. So getting the gut really nice and prepped and primed for birth and beyond so obviously again depending on what that what that woman's gut is like but looking at certain strains of probiotics and getting lots of beautiful prebiotics in as well because you know having that 
good bacteria and a, you know, a decent microbiome is absolutely really important, um, especially if baby does come out vaginally, but then through breast milk as well, really important. That's one facet. But then the other thing I tend to be chatting a lot to women about is preparing for their postpartum in terms of food and what they're going to be looking at doing. So that's generally a whole consult that we talk um, about just prepping for postpartum. Um, and so I provide a lot of info based uh, based on that and based on what their you know dietary requirements and likes and dislikes are and whatnot. But generally we're looking at, I do, I do like to ask women, you know, firstly, are they capable? Like, do they want to be, you know, are they, are they open to actually doing some batch cooking and just you know preparing and maybe storing some stuff in the freezer because some women aren't yeah and that's totally okay as well you know it's just about finding a solution that works for them so but actually just even getting them thinking about what what they may need in those um in the postpartum period and when I say postpartum period the first couple of weeks are generally I find for most women absolutely fine because you've got that many people dropping over hopefully with food and whatnot that it's okay <laughs> It's more so, you know, at that, you know, four to six to eight week mark when maybe everything's died down and people haven't, people are not visiting as much as before and maybe your partner goes back to work and it's like, oh, right, I'm really in the depths of this newborn life now. Mm. What am I going to be eating? So it's like I, I always ask my my mothers to really think to that period of their postpartum and what that will look like for them. And so that's where doing that bit of batch cooking can be really, really helpful. And in terms of what we're looking at is ideally some really, really beautifully slow cooked foods. So ideally slow cooked uh, red meats are really, really amazing. Slow cooked because also the availability of a lot of nutrients like your iron and b12 is is higher when dishes are slow cooked so again really easy as well but yeah popping on some slow cooked meals and and batching that out and then putting those into the freezer soups stews bone broths really well cooked starches basically nothing raw <laughs> is my kind of rule of thumb for in that in that more six week postpartum phase because your digestive system post-birth is very, very weak. So we've got to think of it like, like you just, even if you may, you may not have had a surgery, but I always liken it to if a client goes in for a general anesthetic and you come out of that and you've got to just be really careful about what you're eating because your body's, your body, your body's vital force is very low. You're very, um, your digestive system is very weak and we've got to just nourish and support that system as much as possible. And so if we can give, your, give our bodies really easy to break down but nutrient-dense warming mm. foods, it's going to know what to do with those foods, know what to do with those nutrients, you know, those beautiful blood building um, foods and, it's, you know, foods that will support um, all of the major organs and even, you know, things like thyroid and all those things post post birth. So that's a conversation that I'm having with women and we're deciding, okay, well, what does that look like for you specifically? And we're talking about different recipes. We're talking about, yeah, when they're going to do it and whatnot. So getting into the real specifics of that. Um, and then I find women do, it just takes that, that, yeah, that pressure off mm. that postpartum phase. And they're not just eating toast and, and lactation cookies all day. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really, it's, it's great as well and important, I think, for us as practitioners to make it kind of like practical and actionable and really sit down and nut out those things because it's often not something you would really think about or perhaps even think about preparing that far in advance. Like it seems like, you know, that's future Selene or Emma's problem, you know, right? But yeah, really thinking about what are you doing in that third trimester when you probably still have a bit more time to yourself and a bit more space and all of that and a bit more uh, a bit more sleep and that kind of thing yeah. what are you doing to like set yourself up really for success in that period yeah absolutely and I find most women you know they get to a certain phase whether it might be 34 or 36 weeks and then they'll stop work and then there's usually a few weeks in between that so once they've kind of come down off that you know they've kind of started to separate their mind um, from work a little bit and then a lot of women do get into that nesting phase mm-hmm. and personally I found the day actually before I went into labour because I went into labour at 37 and a half weeks, I was on a cooking frenzy. Like I think I spent about 12 hours cooking and like with no, like I had so much energy and now I know it's because I was like hardcore nesting because labour was about to begin. But a lot of women do find that happens. Yeah. Um, and so if you do like use that to, yeah, use it to nest, use it to organise your house, but also use it to prepare food for yourself if you can. I think I made about 25 meals in that one day. Like I just, oh gosh. I was on a roll. Like I, just, I had so much energy and I remember just thinking like, whoa, this is so great. And then that minute. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's over. Yep. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I've heard that definitely before. I've heard consistency that consistently, sorry, that you get this sort of spurt of motivation and energy to get things done. And there are there are some quite good like sort of postpartum meal delivery services and things available, but I'd find and I'd love to hear your take on this. Like a lot of them which is amazing are more so uh centered around Ayurvedic principles and mm-hmm. whilst there might be say ghee and things like that, I I find personally uh that a lot of the animal proteins can be missing from these meal services and I often think yeah might be okay initially but where's the zinc coming from where's the iron coming from where's the b12 coming from and those being those really key nutrients which we talked about for that that you commonly are depleted in and and really going to need for your mental health yeah you've hit the nail on the head I I agree 100% with that so whilst they can be yeah just check if you do have a food service delivery that you do get then just check to see Yeah. yeah what what proteins are there are they using is there any animal proteins and you know that's obviously for women who do eat of course proteins. but I do find that this again this season of our lives of you know growing and birthing and feeding babies I feel like our human body really does thrive off of really good quality well animal yeah. proteins and and organ meats and whatnot you know like i'm a huge proponent of um of liver so using yeah using those things um so yeah if if that's not the case and there is is limited amount of that then can you add something yeah of your own in or even you know like chuck on some slow cooked beef or pork or chicken or whatever it might be and then just add that in that can be a really helpful helpful way to yeah to add those proteins to those meals yeah absolutely and I think like it's it's all really simple practical advice but it can make such a big difference like batch cooking a big soup that's going to make you know 
you can have a cup, sit down and have a cup of that a day. Like it's those simple things that will actually make such a big difference. And then, like you said, obviously getting the six week or roughly six week postpartum bloods done, working with a practitioner to identify where those holes potentially are, and then working out a bit of a strategy in how to rectify those. But I think coming back to what you said sort of earlier in the podcast, also, I'd like to sort of mention that if you've if you're well past that you're like 12 months postpartum 18 months postpartum and you're experiencing some of those symptoms that you listed off about postpartum depletion like it's still important to get blood tests done then because i personally have seen that really commonly where women come to see you for the first time at that point because it's gotten so bad that they actually can't ignore it anymore. And so they're then, which is perfect and fine. You know, we all, you know, action things at the right time for us, or maybe we didn't have the information prior or what have you, but yeah, really important that wherever you are on that timeline, I suppose you are seeking that, that advice that you need. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. It's never too late. And even, you know, same for if you are pregnant, you know, there are so many women that actually fall pregnant and then they come and see me, they're like, I'm pregnant what supplements do I take yeah. or what do I need to do? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But let's, yeah, let's do a full suite of bloods. Let's get everything tested to see where you're at. And then commonly I am building you no know, nutrient stores in pregnancy, which is a lot harder, by the way, when yeah. you are pregnant because you are growing a baby as well. But it is never too late and it's not impossible. And I just wanted to mention also like in that postpartum phase, yeah, a lot of the symptoms that I did mention, I feel like a lot of women just, like they're very, very common, right? And a lot of women just pass them off as being this is motherhood. And I really want to try and change that narrative because it doesn't have to be that way. Like it honestly, like, you know, I'll use myself because I lived and breathed this myself, but my postpartum was absolutely fabulous. Like I didn't, and because I was, because I did take such good, great care of myself and I was so on top of everything, but I felt amazing mentally. My energy was great. I had really clear brain. Like I didn't have any fog, you know, of course it was hard. And of course there was sleep deprivation, all of the normal things that come with having a newborn. But in terms of how I was functioning, I could not have been better. And for a long time, I didn't actually want to even admit that to anyone because I was like, I don't want to boast. I don't want to brag, you know, but now I see it as not that I'm boasting or bragging, but that it is possible. Because a lot of women just think like, nah, not possible to feel that good. You know, you've just given birth. You've just, you know, you're adjusting to this new um, state of being a mother. And that is so true. And it's a huge adjustment, you know, and everybody goes through it at a different rate and it affects them all differently. Don't get me wrong, but it is possible to feel good. Mm. And, you know, so it, it doesn't mean if you are feeling really foggy and down and anxious and more so than you know what you think would be normal or if you have any concern concerns and honestly as as women like I really feel like a lot of us do have that real instinct we have that gut instinct so if you do feel from an intuitive point of view that you just you may be not 100% where you, you might like to be then please get your get your blood test done and get things checked out because chances are there is going to be something a little bit off. And honestly, in the scheme of things, it is pretty easy to to build those nutrients back up and to get you on the right stuff. And I've had women come to me in that state 
and being at an absolute loss as to what to do and being on the verge of taking things like antidepressants and whatnot and have come to me and been like, I, you know, this is my option, but I just want to see if there's anything else I can do. We've started taking high-dose DHA and choline, some magnesium. We've, you know, up to the zinc. We've repleted vitamin D and they're on, you know, a good quality prenatal with your, your B vitamins and, and iron and all that. And those that cluster of nutrients just there can make a woman feel a million bucks. Yeah, we I think so frequently un, really grossly underestimate the power of micronutrients in our health, not just in postpartum, but just in our overall health. Like the fact that these depletions have very real concrete effects in how we're actually feeling day to day and can and often are the root cause of a lot mm. of these symptoms that we're experiencing. Like I think, yeah, there's just often a lack of understanding or awareness that it can be something as simple as nutrient deficiencies for so many different, so many different health conditions and symptoms. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like take thyroid, for example. Yeah. We know that the thyroid has to really step up um, during pregnancy because so much more is, you know, of thyroid hormone is needed to maintain the pregnancy. And then so it it steps up by about 50%. And then after after pregnancy, you know, those levels have to come back down and normalise again. But then we're looking at nutrients as well. So, for example, iodine, selenium, iron, zinc, vitamin A, vitamin D, all of these nutrients are super important. And if someone, if a woman has deficiencies in any of those nutrients, even in the slightest, that could be enough as well as, you know, coming back to normal for the thyroid in that state of flux, that could be enough to send a woman into postpartum thyroiditis and to be experiencing a hyper or hypo, you know, um, thyroid um, pathology. And with each of those sides of the coin of the thyroid, there can be symptoms. So that's just a really, really easy and common example that we see in clinic um, that can be absolutely easily remedied but it needs to be tested for and it needs to be um yeah it it does need to be looked into yeah yeah absolutely so i think the overall theme of this episode is testing testing is really really important because there's that cliche saying like tests don't guess but the reality is there's just so much crossover across different symptoms and so testing really allows us to confirm our suspicions really or get a better understanding as to what's it's like like lifting up the bonnet of your car really and having a good look at what's going on underneath and that's really what testing allows us to do is go okay cool these are the nutrient deficiencies that we need or that you have sorry and these are the dietary and perhaps supplemental changes that need to occur for x period of time before we look at retesting Mm -hmm. and sort of re-qualifying i suppose where all of that is at which is really really important and then the other important thing i think is that yeah, identifying that wherever you are in that spectrum, if your preconception, amazing, that's where your postpartum setup and preparation is actually beginning. But equally, if you're 18 months postpartum, it's also not too late to start to rectify some of that. Mm, yeah. And there is also a, a group of women who are postpartum, but they al- are also preconception. Mm. Right? for their next baby so a lot of women these days we're waiting a little bit longer to have children and then we might be spacing our children a little bit closer together so whether that be two years or under and you know um the world health recommendation world health organization sorry does recommend two years spacing between births and the reason for that is 
because it it takes that long to actually build back again the the nutrients that we need to go again. But a lot of women aren't. They're going into birth, um, into pregnant, their first pregnancy depleted, and then they're going to their second pregnancy even more depleted, and then you know so on and so forth. Um, and so by the time they kind of get around to being in that preconception phase, it's just it's really really important to depending if it is quite a, a yeah a closely spaced conception it all molds into one right <laughs> it's just it goes from postnatal to then okay i'm back into this preconception phase so a lot of women will actually just keep taking the supplements they need to and keep testing yeah um, but you know don't just come off things at a certain time just because you felt like it or just because you know just yeah you need to retest <laughs> it, you need yeah. to yeah and um and yeah and i think also like the the your nutrition your day-to-day nutrition and your supplements and sort of how diligent you've been with those is really relevant to where you're going to be sitting in terms of being ready or not ready but replete i suppose for that yeah. second pregnancy is what i should say yeah. um, because that's totally i think relative to say if you haven't been perhaps taking such great care of yourself or you haven't had the support there or whatever it is your bloods and nutrient status could look really different to someone who has done a lot of work for that irrespective of the amount of time that's passed in between as well so yeah. i think it yeah two years is definitely like a great ballpark but then i think it's also quite individual depending on what work you may have already been doing or not doing in between yeah 100% correct 100% agree <laughs> Well, it's been amazing to speak with you this morning, Emma. I'd love, firstly, if anything else that we haven't covered that you wanted to add to the conversation, and then if you could direct listeners to where they can find out more about you and also more about Maya Mothers Collective. Thank you. I don't think there really is anything that we haven't covered. I mean, yeah, as you said, the big takeaways were testing and to get that individualized approach happening. But I also just, I guess the only thing I wanted to add there was if, you know, obviously we spoke a lot about blood testing today and it's good because blood testing is easily accessible. It's generally, um, if most tests can be get, can be um, achieved under the Medicare um, rebate scheme. So that's, it's, it's a minimal cost to us. Mm. But if, you know, if you are in the preconception phase or if you are between pregnancies and your hormones are a little bit out of whack or your gut just seems really, really off, you know, there are obviously more further comprehensive tests that we can do in, in the form of stool tests, in the form of dried urinary tests to find out about hormones and cortisol and all those other things because, yeah, cortisol is another big thing that can go up and down that postpartum period as well. So, you know, if, if you're listening thinking okay yeah i've got all the blood tests done but i've got xyz problem going on like there are trust me there's probably a test for that um but it's it's just finding out yeah what's going on for you and then working with a practitioner to to set yourself up um with a really decent plan in terms of where you can find me so our website is www.maymothers.com.au so all of our offerings are on there all of our modalities and we hang out a lot on instagram so it's just mayamothers.collective and yeah if you if you need any help or guidance or anything just uh hit us up at either of those locations amazing i'll put all of those links in the show notes for anyone who wants to get in touch and yeah just thank you so much for sharing your time with me this morning thank you so much for having me 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Holistic Health Chats. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and review in iTunes, as this allows me to help more women just like you. Holistic Health Chats is not intended to replace medical advice, so please consult with your practitioner before making any changes to your current health. If you are ready to take your health to the next level and would like some personalized support, the next step is booking in for a complimentary health chat. Please head to selendouglas.com forward slash book for more information.